All right, today I'm joined once again by Michael Doyle. He was my co-partner, co-host, co-whatever you want to call it, a few times ago when we discussed Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Today, we're going to talk about values, often known as personal values. Some people call them personal principles or your most important principles. And we're going to talk about what are values, why they're important, and how to use them. And we're going to turn the tables a little bit today in that Michael is going to interview me. I have no idea what he's going to ask, where we're going to go. And then we're also going to do some coaching. So, Michael, where are we going? Values, I think, are something that are inside of us and they work some magic. But I'm certainly at a point in my life where really understanding what they are and how that's having an impact on the decisions I make, uh, I want to kind of get to know that and get in touch with it a bit more. And so the first, I guess there's a few questions I've got in my mind in terms of, you know, there's probably people out there that, that are like me that feel like they've got values in them, but want to find a way to get clarity on what they are and see how they can serve them you know, see how those values can serve them better in their lives. So maybe a good way to begin, John, is what do you think are some good reasons people should get in touch with their values? It changes everything. It, change, it changes everything in terms of how satisfied or dissatisfied we are with life. It changes, not all the time, but it can change a lot of ways that we make decisions. Because instead of looking at decisions through the filter of how I feel or what I'm thinking in a given moment, values can provide almost a, a deeper sense of guidance, maybe an internal GPS of sorts that keeps you on course with who you intrinsically are. That sounds good. Can you tell me a little bit more? I mean, I like, I like what you're saying there, but I'm struggling to understand like, just kind of see it practically. Okay. Like maybe you've got a good example of, of if I understand my values, how my decisions might look differently. I guess an important starting point with values is that they, there's nothing right or wrong about them. We each have different values. And these values are often the things that are most important to us. And they're kind of like an intrinsic wiring. In other words... They don't typically change over the course of our lives. They, we may prioritize the values that we have in different orders, but typically they're kind of core to who we are. This is part of the intake process that I do with clients. So I'm just kind of riffing on that as I'm talking to you. So a practical example of how this might work out could be if say you have a very high value around integrity. And I've worked with a lot of people now. It's really fascinating. Some people, integrity, honesty is a, I'd say it's a fairly typical value. A lot of people have it. I've worked with people that it's not totally on their list. Other things are on their list. And so a practical example could be if you have a very, very, very high value around integrity, and you're in a situation that requires you to act in an uncomfortable way, chances are you're going to honor that integrity value, that need to be honest, over the discomfort that it's going to cause you. So 
trying to think of a good example here. Um, so integrity is, I guess that's one example, but it doesn't feel like a very satisfying or fulfilling example. What do you, do you know off the top of your head, maybe what some of your values are or what you think they are? And then we can play with those as a practical example. Yeah, well, one of them happens to be integrity. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, so here's a great example. So what's, so for you, what tends to come about when you feel like you're not living in integrity? Like, what's your sensation? Uh, so recently, uh, I would have to say that it's probably more difficult for me to pick it up. <laughs> Going back to our ego as the enemy conversation, it's maybe the, maybe the ego is involved in, in that masking process. Uh, but certainly my, my children have been fantastic at uh, helping me see where I'm uh, not living up to the value of integrity as I would like to. So, uh, you know, I, I'm imparting uh, life learnings onto them, trying to raise them to, to the best of my ability. Um, that comes with, I guess, some certain guidelines. Uh, and then when they see me not holding myself to that same standard, um, they call it out. And it, uh, it makes me feel terrible. <laughs> it makes me feel like I've let myself down and I've let them down. Mm. Really kind of smacks me in the face. What a, how about a different one? Integrity is kind of, can be a tricky one to play with. How about a different one? Sure. Um, so another one of my uh, core values is respect. Um, respect in all its forms. So, um, you know, respect for others, uh, respect for your work, respect for yourself, respect for the environment um, in all kinds of flavors. Okay. So a practical example there could be, say you're in a work situation or maybe even a personal or family situation. If you don't feel that you are respected, it's probably going to really bother you. It's going to get under your skin. It's going to make you angry in a way that someone that does not have respect on their list. Like, okay, here's a great example. I think it's a great example. Say someone has a value around fun. They have a really high value around fun. You have a really high value around respect. Say, say fun is their number one value. Having fun, that's the most important to them in their lives. And for you, the most important thing is respect in a number of different contexts. If you're in a given situation, it's possible that they would step on your value of respect by doing something they thought was really, really fun or very, really, really funny. But to you, it was disrespectful. And in your sense of like, hey, that's not really funny, that's disrespectful, they're like, well, let's just have fun here. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't really matter if I'm respecting you or not. I mean, the point is to have fun. How does that, does that resonate, strike you? Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to see a more practical application of it. So... I guess from what I've heard you say, if I kind of resummarize that in my own words, if if I understand what my values are, then in the moment when I'm starting to feel like those values are being crossed, I have a better under, better I have a better understanding of what's going on in that moment. But also too, if I can start understanding other people's values because their values are not the same as my values, I think that gives even greater context to what's going on and perhaps takes some of the emotion out of it. So. You know, in the example you mentioned, uh, if if somebody is has a value around fun and they're doing something out of fun that comes at the expense of my value of respect, at least I've got context in that, and I know it's not a malicious attempt to <laughs> to attack my value of respect. Mm -hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And that's where conflict happens a lot in a lot of relationships and in, in a lot of work settings. So maybe you've got someone that values, that places a high value on being successful. And you have another person that places a very high value on maybe respect or caring for others, compassion. Well, again, you're going to have conflict there if maybe the head of the team is, you know, we have to ship this product at all costs because success is really important to me or to the team or whatever. And yet it's going to come at the expense of that person that says, well, wait a minute. Well, how's this going to affect these other people? This isn't fair. I don't like this. And so the person that says, I don't like this, they're going to find that a very unfulfilling place to work. And the person that is their success is really important to them. If they're finding consistent success, they're going to say, hey, this is great. I, I love being here. Because they're, that, they're, be, they're being fulfilled. And I, I keep coming back to that word. But that's how I look at values, which is when we're in alignment with them and living into them, we are most satisfied and most fulfilled in our lives. And when we are out of alignment, we're going to feel that dissonance, that friction, that, um, I don't know, I don't want to get out of bed and go do this job or... I don't want to do this thing or I don't want to work on this project with this person because I don't find it fulfilling or my values aren't, well, I don't find it fulfilling. And if you dig underneath that, why aren't you finding it fulfilling? Most likely your values aren't being honored. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, I've got a clearer picture now on some reasons why I would want to understand what my values are and how they can help me, I guess, not not only in uh, future interactions and decision-making, but also could provide a, a point of reflection uh, upon things in the past and maybe a better understanding of why I felt certain ways uh, after certain events. Um, yeah. It's also a good way to, to, I like call it, mine for values. So if you look back at an interaction that made you really angry, and maybe it's an interaction that made you angry, but not someone else. So maybe, um, I don't know, maybe awards were be being given out and you didn't get recognized. Maybe you have a really high value around recognition. And, you know, the person sitting next to you didn't get recognized and they work twice as hard. And they're just like, eh, whatever, I don't, it's not that important to me. Okay, so we're at the point where I see the benefit of going through an exercise to get in touch with my values and start to understand them better. Where do, where do I start? Like, I want to do it, but how do I do it? So there's a couple different philosophies on this. Some people say, start with a blank sheet of paper and try to think of those things that are most important to you. I think some of us intrinsically know those things and others of us have never thought of it before. And this is some of my favorite initial work that I do with clients where they discover they've had these things their entire life and suddenly it explains why certain situations totally light them up and certain situations don't because it kind of gives a, a reason or a label. So there's, I don't know, there's probably many, there's different schools of thought on this. One school of thought says, don't taint yourself you know, start with that blank sheet of paper. And um, so here's, there's 
there's a couple different ways you can go about it if you take this approach. One can be to think of like a peak experience in your life. So what's a time in your life where everything was just perfect with the world? You were just your most centered. You were just you were just like in the best could be physical space or mindset space, like like all was well with the world. What was going on? What were you doing? What was it like? What was happening? What were you feeling? So for me, one of my peak experiences is being in the middle of a little village in Switzerland in the Alps. Yeah, I don't know. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I was walking through the village either to the pub or from the pub. I can't remember which. And I remember just standing there and I remember the church bells ringing and looking at the stars and the moon and just looking out over this valley and just everything was right with the world in that moment. And what I realized, so what I thought of that experience, what I take from that is I have a real value around peace and tranquility. So chaotic, noisy environments over a period of time are not my thing. But peaceful, tranquil environments, totally my thing. So I have a real high value around that. So that can be one way. Uh, so thinking of a peak experience. I mentioned, you know, what are the things that anger you? Trying to figure out what's on the opposite side of that. Things that you do consistently. Because they're a certain behavior, a certain thing that you always do. So in the case of integrity, it's like, well, I always try to do the right thing, or I never tell a lie, or I try not to tell a lie, or if I'm charged the wrong amount, I always go back, even if it's just a few pennies, and you know, fix it because it's important to me to be honest. So that would be that might be an example of like, oh, that might uncover honesty. Uh, how am I doing so far? Do you want more? Want to go in a different direction? What are you thinking? No, I think I think that's I think that's good. Obviously, it, it's it, this doesn't seem like an easy thing to do, though. So, uh, <laughs> particularly like like yeah. look, looking looking at the things that upset you or make you angry, I find that that's kind of an easy one to start with because um, you know it's it's kind of easy to pick up those moments. Mm-hmm. Whereas the when you felt your best kind of moments, for me, that's that's it's just going to require a little bit more thought into what exactly were they and what was the mixture of things happening at, at the time that made me feel like that and then trying to dig for values there. I didn't really think about simple actions over time that you just regularly do. I never thought of that one. So that's that's a good one to, to think about. Yeah, and another couple I would throw in too is think of people you really respect. So if you have some heroes, and these could be people that you know or people that you just you know, they're in public and you see them and you kind of make up that this person is this way. Um, so it's like, okay, so those people that you're attracted to, what what are the aspects of that person that you connect with most? So it could be, you know, I don't know if it's someone that's really compassionate, you know, um, Mother Teresa is the overused example here. But, you know, if there's something about her that just speaks to you, okay, what what is it about her? Is it her compassion? Is it her beliefs? Is it like, what is it about her can, it, can inform you? So thinking of a person, uh, so people you respect heroes, um, people that you're naturally drawn to. Maybe if you're at a social 
engagement or at work? Like, who are those people that you're typically drawn to? What do they have in common? Um, another one, this one's a little harder to get at, but it's like, what do, what do people say about you? So if, if, you know, Michael, you were to ask, you know, people like, what do people normally say about me? That could be another way to kind of get at what are they saying about you? And are they, is that, is that, what do they say consistent? And what does that mean? Awesome. I think we've got a lot of uh, good things here to start with now. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to kind of turn it over to the coaching portion because <laughs> I feel like I've got, I've got a great understanding on some reasons um, why I would want to do this. So that's clear to me. So I've got motivation to do it because I know it's going to take a bit of work. And I've got some great jumping off points of different ways I can think about things to start diving in. So I feel like I've got, a, I feel like I've got enough of a theory. Okay, great. The one thing I, you mentioned time. Yes, I can't stress that enough. That So I've been playing with these. I Before this conversation, I went through some materials to figure out like when did I first learn about values. I learned about values, I think, 2009 years ago. Nine years ago, I was in a project management course of all places, and we spent half of the day talking about values. And at first, I was like, what does this have to do with managing projects? <laughs> and then I realized it had everything to do. The long and short of that is, I have been refining and getting in touch with these for a long time. And so while if you were to ask me, like, what are mine, they will just flow out naturally. I've done a lot of work. It can be kind of an ongoing process of filtering and trying them on and and that. And so um, I would just add one other caveat to that as well, which is your values are your values. There's nobody else's. So there's really, sometimes people kind of have aspirational values. They have a value because they think that they're supposed to have it. And that is not, you can't have some, so you, something that's intrinsically you is not something you're supposed to have. It's what you intrinsically have. So I want to squeeze that in before we get started. As we get started, is there anything you need from me as the coach in terms of where we go, where we shouldn't go, anything you need from me to make this the most productive and safe environment? Uh, yes, there is. Um, I guess there's a, an initial guidance on how to dive into this because I, ha I, I, I have looked at my values uh, before, probably about oh, six months ago, I started this work. And I came up with five that I felt were really good at the time. And then from then until now, I've kind of erased three of them, which has left me with two. Um, so... This is where I need some guidance from you, whether it's better to revisit what I had and start from there or uh, start with some of the things you mentioned earlier, uh, kind of like with a blank page and see where we land. Oh, and that's where I forgot to completely answer your question. So I said there were two tracks. There was the start from scratch. The other path is there are some assessments out there. I think you pointed me at one that you found. And then there's also just like a list of values and picking words from there. So since we're just here talking, I guess my suggestion would be, let's start with the two that you have, and then we can look for some more. How's that sound? Okay, let's do that. So what are your first two values? Uh, so integrity was one, okay. uh, and um, 
for, for me, that's all about making sure that my uh, my actions and words are in alignment. So uh, I, I, I do what I say and I say what I do. And when I fail on that, um, I, I feel bad. Um, it really impacts me in some deeper way. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily – so when I, when I did this exercise for me, I thought about things that upset me when I'm showing – you know, I get, I guess, how I'm not living that value, but then I also put it on to other people and said, when other people uh, demonstrate this or don't, how does that make me feel? Um, and when other people don't show integrity, it's not that it really upsets me, but I, I just kind of get this feeling of, okay, I, I understand uh, you're not the type of person that you know has this same value as me, and um, when you say you're going to do something and don't do it, that doesn't seem to bother you um, as much as it, as, it, as it would me. And it just makes me think maybe that's not the type of person I want to to work with um, mm-hmm. or kind of, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So what's your second value? Uh, the second one was respect. Oh, um, <laughs> I just made up respect. <laughs> I just made that up. Okay, that's too funny. Yeah. No, the second one was respect because, um, so I think I mentioned before, respect in all its forms. So, you know, respect for myself, respect for others, respect for the environment. Um, you know, it just, for me, it just flows uh, a lot. So, and it's, and I think this goes back to the thing you were talking about before about what are the simple things you do every day. So, you know, when I'm out and about, I try and look people in the eye and give them a smile. Or, you know, when I'm at a shop, I... You know, I, I be polite and just a little bit of light conversation or something. You know, I respect that this person is in a position where they're serving me and that's their job and they don't need to be uh, treated rudely for that. So just little things like that, I think. Okay. So if you could invite anyone to a dinner party, say three people, three, any living or dead, who would they be? Oh, <laughs> You're making me think. Three people to a dinner party. You're going to have the most interesting, amazing conversation of your life. Well, I wish I had a prepped more for this question, John. Um, I guess the thing is not to overthink it, right? No, just blurt something out. That's all I'm doing. Um, <laughs> um, so the th- there were three, th- three people that come to mind. Um, there's a, a quite a famous... Uh, YouTuber Casey Neistat. Um, that would be one. Okay. Uh, there's yes. another interest, another interesting character. Um, I'm going to have to just quickly look up his last name. Marcus. Um, these are people from modern times. I wonder if I should be thinking older times. I'm trying not to overthink it. Uh, uh, Magnus Magnus Walker is the second one. Um, and I can explain more about him if that's somewhere we want to go. Um, Casey Neistat, Magnus Walker, who would be a third? Who's a third? My grandmother. How about that? What's her name? Stella. Stella. I love it. So it's you and these four people, and you're having the most amazing conversation. What are you guys talking about? Uh, wow. Um, well, I guess we're talking about their lives and, um, how they got to the place they are. What else? 
I think I'd like to understand like how the conversation could go um, with the four of us. Like they're, they're all very different people with very different life experiences. So I'd want the conversation not just to be about each individual, but how can that information be pulled together for some sort of I don't know, deeper understanding or insight or humor or something. And do you think that there would be any type of common theme to the conversation? Yeah, I, I think um, hard work over time would be a theme and acknowledgement of um, life having its ups and downs and how those um, those difficult periods in life helped develop the people into the people they are. And what value do you think might be underneath that? Um, something to do with um, something to do with work. So I'm not really sure how to phrase that, but um, you know, in the case of um, Casey Neistat and, and Magnus Walker, it was it was the act of doing things that got to, got them to where they are. Um, so there, there's something in there about, um, uh, you know, uh, the journey um, and continuing to do. So there's like a notion of action? Yeah, yeah. Action, yeah. And if, if I think about it, um, in past work situations where people have, uh, you know, shown up in a team and, and not taken action that they said they would take, I guess I've looked at that as maybe under the filter of integrity, but it could be something else about, you know, just not taking action. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's an interplay between several of them. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you want to have the most richest, satisfying experience in your life, it's like, find a situation where you're living all of your values all at the same time. It's just, yeah, the, the interplay between the two. What else are you thinking? Uh, my mind's just gone blank, but I'm staring at a photo of uh, my two daughters on my desk. Um, your family's tremendously important to me. Uh, serving my family. Um, I really love doing little things for them that make them feel good, um, uh, whether that's cooking for them or, uh, you know, doing a chore, doing one of their chores for them one day just um, as a surprise. Um, I think that's really part of my, my love language is um, doing. I guess that relates to action as well. Mm-hmm. And what do you see as the distinction between service and action? Oh, that's a good question. I guess, I guess action. So what I, what I want to say unfiltered is um, action is more about me doing something 
and service is more about doing something for others, taking action for others. Mm, like, like almost as an advocate, or I guess t- taking action in its in, in its raw state that I'm thinking of would be serving myself, serving my own needs, and service is about for me is about putting others ahead of my own needs. Not at the expense of my own needs, mm. but, a, but ahead of my own needs. So recognizing I'm, do, I'm choosing to do this because to give to them, um, I guess there's a, a reward there that's greater than uh, doing something for myself. Um, so it's not about doing something for them at the expense of something for myself so that I end up feeling like I'm missing something, but rather making a choice that says I'm willing to forego this thing I could have for myself to allow them to have or experience this thing instead because that's that's a, a greater thing. And I see a beautiful interplay there with your value of respect. Mm. Tell me more. Well, respect is self and others. Mm-hmm. So in the way that you described serving, you said not at the, you're, you're still respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how you said it exactly, but it was, it was this notion of I'm serving, but I'm not just completely giving myself away. Yes. Which I would make up because, no, because you're respecting yourself. Right. Okay. What's the essence of Magnus Walker? So this this is a guy you can research him online. He's got a there's a great um, YouTube uh, video of him, uh, kind of like a short documentary about thirty minutes, where he talks a little bit about his life journey. So he he grew up um, in the north of England and he moved to the US uh, in the seventies. And you know basically it's the classic story of you know didn't have a lot of money, had to kind of figure out how to make some money, um, found a way to make some money in alignment to what he was, what he enjoyed in life. Um, that led to other opportunities, uh, you know, which he learned and grew and, you know, then found another passion and kind of started to develop that. So, you know, at the end of him now, he's, he's kind of opened up all these doors in his life um, because he's been, it looks like he's been true to himself along the way. Um, you know, he's followed his passions uh, done them to the best of his abilities, uh, not really compromised uh, on on decisions, uh, and has been successful because he he he's remained to to who he really is. So, if you were to pick a word or two to summarize Magnus, what would it be? Where would they be? Authenticity. Um. And I guess something about um, maybe determination is not the right word, but um, kind of that not not giving up. Grit. Grit. Yeah, grit was one of the words I had in my mind. Yeah. By the way, anytime I just 
throw out a word as we're just kind of, I'm just riffing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. if it sticks, grab it. If you think it's stupid, just say so. Uh, it was, it was in my mind. I just didn't vocalize it. Okay. Um, and how about Stella? What's, what do you most respect about Stella, your grandma? Yeah, so my, my grandmother passed away uh, back in the early 90s when I was um, about um, 18, 19 years old. Um, and so I put her in the mix because a, um, I, wanted, uh, I wanted to have a female perspective at the dinner table that you mentioned. Um, B, I just thought, what the hell, I haven't seen her since the early 90s. This would be, this would be awesome to be able to have dinner with her. Um, uh, you know, she lived until she was 79. Um, she, she came out from uh, England to Australia, um, married my grandfather, who was something like 16, 17 years older than her at the time. Um, interesting story about that that I won't go into. But, um, you know, I think she, she saw a lot in her life and – I think having an older person at the table can then give you, uh, you know, a lot of um, richness in what life was like some time ago compared to uh, a modern life. And uh, so at the conversation table, it would be interesting to see that interplay between w what's changed and what stayed the same across, you know, generations. And what is it that you admire most about her? Um, oh. Yeah, she was she was very stoic. Um, she was very intelligent. Um, she she served her family. Um, she was uh, she was a loving grandmother, but she wasn't uh, openly affectionate. And so what values fall from these things that you're saying? Um, it's something to do with strength. I mean, um, uh, my grandfather, her husband, uh, was a naval, uh, was in the Navy, and uh, he served in World War One. and he was about to retire just before World War Two broke out and he got called back. Um, you know, so she, she had to raise... My father, who was you know, a couple of years old during that time, um, so that's I think there's a lot of uh, resilience, um, just getting on with it. Um, yeah, I think there's something about we live in a time where we're very fortunate that we can have these wonderful discussions like what we're having, John. Um, I'm not sure it existed in that way back then. I think it was more just to uh, just get on with it. Um, and I think then that ties back into the action of things, like just just get on with it. Like, are we overthinking things in life now because we've got access to so much information? Um, so yeah, resilience. Sounds resilience. Like that was the one that landed there. Yeah, resilience. Any other ways that your grandma... My grandmother informs you. And she was intelligent. So um, I think that commitment to learning, um, you know, she, to my knowledge, she didn't have a job. She didn't drive a car, didn't have a license. Um, but, uh, 
you know, uh, yeah, something about a commitment to, to ongoing learning. She had wonderful creativity. She was a painter. I know creativity is important, important in my life. It's um, something that runs through the family in, in different ways, um, from music to art to to other things. And um, I, like, I, I feel good when I'm feeling creative. But creative for me isn't an artistic expression. It's more about um, things like, you know, your podcast would be a good example of creativity for me um, or, you know, um, other things like that. I hear more energy. I hear like the, I hear energy and like the, your voice kind of picked up speed around this one. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I, I feel What's like I about? just slipped. I feel like I just slipped into like a really deep thought there. Like it kind of slowed down and just really sat with it. Um, yeah. I, I guess creativity, creativity is important. I like, again, it's not, it's not how people might think about it. So, you know, creative to me is, um, I guess, getting better at getting better at doing things in my life. And, um, you know, when it comes to when it comes to my coaching, how can I get creative in the service of others? You know, what are some things I can be doing to serve them better that are are different or uniquely me? That's where my creativity comes out. Beautiful. And I believe Casey Neistat is pretty creative. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I, I admire him because particularly a few years ago when he just set out to um, – he just set a challenge for himself where he was going to create a daily video and just do it every day, and, and he did. Um, and from that, it you know, he learned, he developed. Um, so, again, it's combining those things of taking action – um, you know, resilience, um, I guess disciplines in there, um, learning, ongoing learning, um, staying true to him, himself. Uh, and then b because of that, the work he does now is more creative because he's, he's built that. So um, I'm really finding myself more in tune now with, uh, with people that are, are playing the long game. So rather than looking for quick wins, they're taking a path of um, this is going to take time, but I'm going to dedicate myself to it, and the payoff is going to be 10, 15, 20 years from now, not, you know, 10 days, 21 days from now. Um, but also, too, I guess, realising that the payoff's not the payoff. So you, you, you do these things with the idea that, I guess, like investments, right? You, you put your money away, you invest with the idea that one day you'll You'll, um, you know, you'll have a, a larger sum of money to do something with. Um, but I think within, within personal investment, um, I don't know, I just have this hunch that it's not the goal, but it's progress towards the goal. So getting to the end will be uh, rewarding, but I think by then you'll look back and realise that it was the process that was rewarding, not the, not the end state. And what do you think the value is underneath this? I was hoping you'd just tell me, John. That would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the value the values uh, in discipline, and I think I hesitate in saying that because um, there's a lack of discipline in my life in some ways, and I'm trying harder to uh, readjust to that. Um, maybe I just need to think more think more about what discipline means to me. Um, I guess that could tie into respect, self-respect, um, committing to myself to do things because over the longer, over a longer period of time, it will serve me better. Well, and then integrity pops up there too, which is, yep. am I being? And this, I see this over and over again, especially with myself and with others, which is that notion of, you know, if I make a commitment to Michael that I'm going to talk to him at 4 p.m. my time. I am going to be there. But if I tell myself I'm going to go for a walk at 5.30 a.m., mm, I think I'd rather sleep a little longer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with that too. Um, having a, a commitment outside of myself really makes me move towards it. And if it's, if it's a fake commitment, like you hear people say, well, just set yourself a deadline, oh, that's just totally movable. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but w- what I have started doing, so I my, I think I might have mentioned this in our Ego is the Enemy um, podcast, but my daughters practice piano every day and I can see the improvement they're making because they're making the time to do it. So I've started carving out some time in the morning for myself for things that I've said that I want to get better at but have not done anything to get better at. Um, and I've just started, I've just started off with like 10 minutes for each thing. So I, I get up in the morning, I do 10 minutes of yoga, I do 10 minutes of French practice, and I do 10 minutes of guitar practice. And my commitment is it doesn't have to be good practice. Um, it can be just kind of like a, a, not a lazy effort, but like it doesn't have to be perfect practice. It just has to be 10 minutes practice in the initial stages, just until I've established the routine. And then once I've established the routine, the idea is that right now I'll put a bit more effort in or let's make it 15 minutes per thing rather than 10 minutes per thing. Um, so in the second, I'm in the second week of that and so far it's holding up well. And what I've also learned is by instilling that discipline just with those things in the morning, first thing when I've got time, um, so I'm actually getting up earlier to do it. That's why I've created the time. Um, it's starting, I'm just noticing it's starting to spill into other areas of my life where all of a sudden I've become a little bit more disciplined about tidying up or something else without even thinking. When I almost hear joy, I don't know. When you originally said discipline, I wasn't hearing the resonance. I wasn't hearing the like, I just love discipline. <laughs> like that just gets me fired up when I'm disciplined. But I hear this, I hear this joy or this sense of satisfaction when you talk about, Hey, I did yoga for 15 minutes and then I practiced, did this for like, there was this lightness, this like almost excitement that like, yeah, I did these things for these periods of time. What, what do you you can call this whatever you want. I guess I'm just wondering, is that discipline or is that something else? I love the way that you've reflected that back. So I enjoy being lazy. But so I you know have a value lazy- around... No. <laughs> 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 well, actually, I'm joking. I was joking, but I'm catching myself. No, you could very much have... I mean, heck, some developers do, you know? The, the the software way is, you know, the laziest approach, you know, what's the quickest way I can get this done? Or I don't want to yeah. do work, so I'll write code that does it. So yeah. we're not uh, really anything uh, out here. No, true. And I think there is something in that. Um, 
if I look at my approach to study um, over the years, it, it has been – so my, my wife's done study, I've done study. Here's the big difference between us. My wife looks at it as um, an opportunity for as much learning as possible and she strives to do all the work that she can to get the most learning out of it and thus she achieves very high grades. I look at study and think, how do I get to the end of this the easiest way possible? Like, how do I navigate this minefield of stuff I just don't want to do in a way where I'll pass and I'll kind of be through it with, you know, the knowledge that I needed? Um, no more, no less. See, I hear efficiency uh, there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that, that's, that, that's kind of an undercurrent on, on how I do look at things is like, oh, I don't, really don't want to do this. Right, well, what's going to be the easiest way to get through this? Do I need to break it down into something smaller? Do I need to schedule it at a certain time? Like, how am I going to make this so easy that I just end up doing it. Um, and so that I think that plays into the, the discipline side is I want to get better at these things. It's not going to happen unless I put the effort in, but how can I design it so it doesn't feel like I'm putting any effort in at all? Um, and so shortening the time is one way of doing it, but also trying to understand as I do them, what is it that I'm getting out of it? So if I look at French practice, like if I just say the word French practice, my whole body just wants to go, oh, but there's obviously something in it that I enjoy. And if I can find out what that is, then maybe I don't call it French practice, but I call it French enlightenment or I don't know what, something mm. else. You know, running's the same. I don't run for exercise. I run because it's uh, a period of time I have to myself to think about whatever I want to think and I can let my mind wander. Uh, and I'm enjoying being out in nature. Um, uh, the benefits are it makes me fitter, um, but I don't, I don't pursue it for fitness. Uh, but it took me a long time to figure that out because I hated running up until uh, until I figured that out a couple of years ago. So there's a couple others I hear possibly nature and solitude. Solitude, yeah. I'm an I'm an ambivert, so I like being around people sometimes, and I like being alone uh, at other times. Um, so I couldn't say I prefer one over the other, but I need to have a balance. Um, I'm also much better with people one on one than I am in a group situation. I just paused there because I was like, wow, I knew that, but I just said it out loud. So what's new? What's new? What, what do you mean by what's, what's new? What's new? You said, oh, I just said this out loud. So I was like, well, what, what, what's new here now then? Um, I, I don't know. Um, like I've always known it, but to say it out loud made me, made me kind of own it. Like, yeah, you've always known that. Why don't you just own that, recognize that? I, I think it's because w when I'm in one-on-one -on -one situations, I can invest myself fully in the other person. And when I'm in a group situation, I feel like I'm, I'm more fragmented. So um, what value do you think is operating there? Um, I don't know. So... I think that one shows up in particular when I'm at a party or a gathering or something and I'm speaking to one individual, you know, on a deeper level and then other people turn up to join in the conversation and then uh, that's it's kind of hard to break out of that mode into a group mode. Um, 
if yep. I'm just having a light, if I'm just having a lighthearted group chat with people, that's fine. So, so I think that's is it depth? Kind of, is it the idea of that there's a depth to the yeah, yeah? I think I never thought of it like that, but um, picking up on uh, the if the three people I would invite to dinner uh, as we started this conversation, I think in there I talked a lot about wanting the conversation to be deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not not just tell me about your life story and what happened, but then kind of picking up things of that and discussing them and, you know, compare and contrast and getting to a deeper level. Well, and what I would make up too is that, you know, you kind of wanted them all relating to each other and they wouldn't be really relating to each other if they weren't going deep. Yeah. Yeah. So any other, what I guess I'm going to suggest next is that we do a little roundup okay. of what we've, all the things I've been just kind of scribbling as we've been talking. I don't know if you have. Uh, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you have. I was hoping you were taking oh. notes. <laughs> well, usually I make the client take their own notes, but I'll, I'll be glad to send you a picture of my, of my scribblings. <laughs> I'll be glad. Uh, I'll be glad to receive it. All right. Um, actually, do you have the ability to write? Like pencil and paper or pen and paper or yeah, something? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, I've got a notebook in front of me. Or some people like to go techno, you know, type. Um, okay, before we do the roundup, though, are there any others, now that we're kind of warmed up and we've thrown around a lot of different things, are there any others, any other values that are just lurking out there that you just want to say out loud or write down here? Um, just the ones that I had down before that I crossed out. Okay, yeah, let's throw them in the mix. What are they? I, I think I think there's something in them that holds true, but maybe not the whole thing, and that's why I crossed them out. So the, the other three that I originally had, one was um, caring. Uh, so again, this was the, the notion of, particularly in the family context, serving my family, caring for my family, so caring for people. And I think wanting to go deep in conversations is kind of in that caring mode. Um, fairness was another thing, and this is a little bit more cultural. Um, so being brought up in Australia, um, the idea of people having a, a fair go um, is you know kind of like a national part of our national identity. Um, something my parents raised me. I've got two older sisters, and being fair amongst us was important to them. And so by fairness, I don't mean everything should be equal, um, but more that everyone should have an opportunity to. Um, you know, have an opportunity to things. So have an opportunity to, to improve themselves or, you know, make progress or, or something like that. Um, so not, 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 not denying things from people, I guess, if that makes sense. And the third one, and I worked out this wasn't really one. Um, so this is an interesting exercise, but it was, it was reciprocity. So, what does that um, mean? Yeah, so the idea that, um, uh, if I do something for someone, then, uh, you know, they'll do something back for me kind of thing. Um, I, I struggle. Yeah, go ahead. But you're striking it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Okay. It was, it was, it, it was what my sister would call a red herring. Okay. <laughs> uh, something, something that you think is a thing and then you spend a lot of time investing in it and then you realize this is not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So reciprocity was not a thing because I realized that, um, you know, just as uh, values are different to different people, um, the way they express themselves is different too. So I might give in a certain way to people, 
um, and they won't give in that way back to me because that's not part of who they are. So if going back to the well, I briefly mentioned about love language before, how people express love differently. Um, you know, so my way of expressing love might be inviting my friends around um, for uh, lunch and, and making them a lunch because, uh, you know, that type of serving, caring, creating, doing is my love language. Um, but for them, it might not be that. For them, it might be, um, you know, writing me a note or um, it might be giving me a call. Giving me, I'm terrible calling people up. That's not, definitely not my love language. Um, but for them, it might be that. So that's where reciprocity fell down. Was like I might put on a lunch for people and then look at them and think, well, how come they never invite me over for lunch? Um, and that's because that's not their love language. Whereas maybe they're calling me up every month or every two months and I'm not, I'm not seeing that. And they're probably thinking, why doesn't he ever call me back? <laughs> so that one got struck. Okay. So let's do... Hmm. Well, we could dig for more or we could do a roundup. What, which, what are you, what are you feeling? Which way are you leaning? I'm, I'm feeling like a roundup. I think we've, round got, them up. I, we've got some good content. Okay. We need to round these up and I need to. Here's what we're going to do. I'm dig. just going to, I'm just going to read each word back to you and I want you to write okay. it down. Okay. I've got my pen in hand. Ready All to right. go. Efficiency. Nature. So let me know if I go too fast. Solitude. Fairness, integrity, depth, caring, service, creativity, hard work over time. I don't know if we had a word that summarizes that. Action, discipline, resilience, respect, authenticity, learning. And I tend to just write things in kind of mind map. So I've just got circles and words all over the page. And I think I read them all back to you. Okay. Perfect. If you were to look so, at that list, go ahead. Yeah. Just one observation. That's a lot more than I, that's a lot more than I would have come up with doing an exercise on my own. Cool. Yeah. And another, another question that I was going to throw out that you can take as, as homework or whatever, if other people want this is another good question here is what am I obsessing about? So if you're trying to create the, 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 I was talking to someone the other day and they were wanting better systems for their business and they were just obsessing about like, there's gotta be a perfect way to do this. And so I, I intruded a little bit and said, well, do you have a value around precision? Like, yes. <laughs> so it, sometimes it's that thing, like our mind just constantly is going back to, it could be something in the present, like, you know, over a few days, it's like, I just can't stop thinking about it. What is the deal here? It's either that thing specifically, or again, it can be the, the opposite of like, oh, this is just really under my skin because I'm not honoring it. So I'll throw that out there too. So, for our list, though, if you were to circle the five most important ones, what do you think um, they are? <laughs> I have to do that now, do I? <laughs> if you can. Um, well, I mean, definitely the ones that I had around, so integrity and respect. 
Okay. Um, I really, I really like those and want to keep those. Um, just go with your gut. Just pick them now. I'm going to do just one. Go with my gut. We'll, we'll do one more thing around these, and then after we're done, you can throw the piece of paper away and or change right. your mind. It doesn't matter. Creativity, um, discipline, and. I think authenticity really probably goes under integrity. So action. Yeah, action's been on my mind a lot lately. Now, you talked a lot about serving and service. Mm. Do you want to sneak in a sixth one? Uh, well, service, I think, relates to creativity, action, and discipline. Oh, okay. So rather, rather, than, a, rather than like an underlying value, it's more of a, of a front-of-mind focus point. Okay. So we've got... The key ones are integrity, respect, creativity, discipline, and action. Is that right? Integrity, respect, creativity, discipline, action. That's correct. All right. So you, you want to do one more exercise around these? Sure. All right. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is absolutely honoring and 1 is not at all, what score would you give integrity in your life right now? Now, rightly or wrongly, I'm going to think I'm pretty high on integrity. I want to say, I want to say like I eight. <laughs> I've rarely talked to anyone that said that had integrity. As a, in fact, no, never. <laughs> I've never talked to anyone that was like, yeah, one, I'm, I'm in a one right now. Now, I will say though, and I'm kind of like slipping in and out of coaching and teaching here. It could be though that maybe there's something going on in your life right now. And you're just like, yeah, wow, I am not living in integrity at all. When I woke mm -hmm. up this morning, I thought I was, but after this conversation, I'm realizing, wow, I really need to cl clean up the situation with this person or whatever. Okay. So mm -hmm. integrity, we're at an eight. We're at an eight. How about respect? Respect, yeah. I think that's that's high up there too. Um, I'll, say, I'll say an eight as well for respect. How about creativity? Uh, creativity. Um, now, I know the latent creativity is there. How creative um, are you being? How how well are you honoring this on an ongoing basis in your life presently? Oh, I could be honoring it better. So that makes me think, I want to say five. Okay. And again, there's no judgment around any of these numbers. It's just, mm. that's just what it is. Yep. And yep, yep. we're just, we're just checking in. Uh, discipline, scale of one to 10. Oh, discipline. Mm. Yeah. Let's say, let's say four. Okay. I think that could be a lot better. And how about action? Action. Uh, again, oh, four, five, five. Say five. I think. I think. I think I'm acting in ways that I'm not. Uh, like if I look back, I can see actions I'm taking, um, but it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like the action that I that I want to be taking. If you know what I'm, does that, oh, that probably doesn't mm. make sense? Well, it's, what, it's, I, what I'm hearing there though is a lot of like some judgment around the action. Like I'm doing the wrong actions, so I'm taking action, it, but it's just so. So, um, what that would raise it, for me is: Do you want to further define what action is for you? Yeah, I think I probably need. I, I think I think I need to look at it. It's not that I'm taking the wrong actions. I'm. I think I'm. It's like the the iceberg floating in the water. I'm I'm taking actions that are under the waterline um, right now, 
and where I want to be is taking actions that are above the waterline that are, are really visible. Um, so if I look back on the actions I've taken, I can see them. I can see, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've read this and I've done that and whatever, but uh, I guess the, the change isn't as in your face as, okay. as some other actions. Yeah, and I guess, and then throwing away the judgment, it could be, well, I value taking action, and I have been taking action. So, hmm, yep. higher or lower. Okay, so when we look at these, so we've got integrity, integrity 8, respect 8, creativity 5, discipline 4, action 5. For, we'll set integrity and respect aside. Mm-hmm. Of the of the three with the lower scores, again, there's absolutely no judgment around this. Mm-hmm. Which one, if you were to raise it by, say, three points, would increase your overall satisfaction in life currently? Discipline. All right. So what would it look like to, what would it look like starting in this moment and going forward if discipline was a seven instead of a four? Oh, wow. Uh, what would you do differently? Would, what, would it, what would be happening from this moment forward? It, uh, <laughs> it would be wonderful. It would be, <laughs> it would be, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be aware of it as a thing I need to work on. It would just be a thing that I'm doing. So just be like breathing. It would just be happening. Yes. Yeah. You wouldn't even be saying, John, I'm being disciplined. You'd just be like, no, I no. am disciplined. It just I am disciplined. Yeah. And what would be required to get to this place? Um <laughs> uh, I was just laughing because I was thinking action action over time. <laughs> um so, I mean seriously, action over time. So you know, if, if I look at those three things I do in the morning, um, then it, it's doing those three things every morning for a month um, or more. Well, actually, actually, I set I set myself a goal to do it um, uh, for uh, a school term, so a ten week period that my children are at school. I'm going to commit to doing this and then make a decision at the end of it: Do I still want to do these things, or do I want to do something different with that time? Um, but I will have built, I will have built up the ability to be disciplined through the process. So, and um, what do you have to do, or what do you need to do to make sure that this absolutely happens? So, that if I talk to you even tomorrow and say, "Hey, what level of discipline are we at?" and you're like, "John, I'm at a seven, no question about it." Yeah, it's well, it's awareness. So. Again, this is a thing that's on my mind that I don't want to be on my mind anymore. I just want it to be. Um, but right now, you you have to be aware of where it's when it's slipping, and then kind of uh, pull yourself back into the moment and try and understand the the longer reason. So I'm using new language. I should be using I language. Um, I have to understand the the longer reason why uh, I want to be disciplined. So an example this morning was uh, I didn't do my French practice because I got distracted with <laughs> something else that totally could have waited till this afternoon. Um, and, and this is curious to me because I'm carving out this time in the morning just for me and I don't really understand why I'm trying to race to get out of it 
and get into distracted mode of things that aren't as important as these things. Um, but uh, I always like something that you said to me or you said in a podcast or something so, so long ago about success is success is how you get back up when, when you fall over. Oh, yeah, the uh, idea or, of restarting. Something like that, restarting. So, yes. so I'm looking at, looking at this when I do fall over and just say, okay, that's, that's fine. You fell over. That's no problem. Pick yourself up. How are you going to ensure you do it tomorrow because you said to yourself that uh, you, you want to be more disciplined? So. And what will be what are your, what's your early warning system that tells you that you're off track? I find once you start putting attention or once I start putting attention on these things that um, I – the first thing that happens to me is I make the mistake and then I realize I made the mistake. Oh, you you didn't commit to the discipline thing. So exactly like this. No, but I, I, guess, what I'm, I guess what I'm yep. trying to get it to the – the heart of here is, is there a way to realize that it's starting to happen before it's happened? Yes. But I think that's what I was getting to is for me, it's a process where it starts off where I, I make the mistake and then realize I made the mistake. And then because I'm aware of that, usually the next time I catch myself potentially in the act of making the mistake. And then the next time I catch myself, before the mistake happened, but at the thought process, like, oh, I'm going to choose to get distracted. Wait a minute. Warning, warning. Don't do this. Um, and so I find it's a process that it kind of works its way back into um, before the mistake happens, then you're just doing the thing, and then you don't really have to think about it anymore. I don't have to think about it anymore. It becomes automatic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of don't feel like you answered my question, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit me with it again. I guess. So what I'm hearing is what I'm looking like, here's it. Let me come at it a different way. It's mm. like, it's like the, the uh, engine check light on your car. Yeah. You know, it comes on before hopefully the ease, the engine is completely seized or gone up in smoke mm -hmm. and it tells you, Hey, there's a problem. You better go deal with it before the yep. problem has happened. So I guess what I was, what I'm hearing you describe is, well, I'll know after it's happened and then I'll respond to it. And I'm just, I'm just challenging that to say, is there a faster way to not have to run through all those cycles that for mm. you is a, is a sense of like, Oh, I'm procrastinating. I'm just making this up now. Oh, I'm procrastinating. Mm. Oh, when I procrastinate, that usually means I'm avoiding this other thing. Or I always turn to this thing or I do this habit or I have this thing that I do when I'm killing time. And when that happens, then I know for sure that French isn't going to happen. So that's where I was going. Yeah, I I, I see your point, but I and if it doesn't found, fit for you, that's yeah, okay. No, I've just found in my experience, it's it's the it's growing the awareness um, because I'm trying to change a habit. So I'm trying to fight against an existing way of being. I shouldn't use that language. I should say I'm trying to replace a way of being with a different way of being. Um, or you could say, I am replacing. I am replacing. Yes, I am How replacing. How does that feel? I like it. Yeah, I like that language. I am replacing a different way of being. Um, I loved your catch earlier on I versus you. That yeah, was good. Yeah. That was good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to change that language. Language is important. Yeah. So as we wrap up 
this thing around values. What's new? What what's different than when we started? Uh, I didn't realize there were so many words there. Again, I think I mentioned if if I had just gone through this exercise by myself, I wouldn't have gotten to that point. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Thank you, John. Um, and I think some of these words can be kind of collapsed into to groups. So you said you did a mind map. I think I need to go away and do my own mind map with the words that I have and kind of look at them and see what's the kind of what's the key word in each of the bubbles and starting to understand the interplay between them. So I think when I've looked at values before, I've looked at them in isolation, um, but I think understanding the interplay between values and how – so I'm very sure and quite um, – I rate myself highly on integrity and respect. So how can I now use those strengths – to bolster the other values that I'm looking to develop more. Um, so when it comes to discipline, um, how can I use integrity to talk to myself and say, hey, you said you wanted to be better at this. You're not, may, you're not only failing at discipline, you're failing at integrity yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, yeah, it's the, it's the multiplier. I think you'll see the most, yeah, the most exciting stuff happens, like I was saying, when you put them together mm. and like you're doing if you can put them together to bolster another one, you get more power out of it too. Yep. Now one challenge I might throw out there too, that, that I encourage for, for values that we rate really highly is to take stock over the next days, weeks, months and say, is that high rating warranted? In other words, have I, am I rating myself higher than I should be? Mm-hmm. Just something, just something to keep in mind. And on that note, a, another parting suggestion would be to either get creative, so you could use some creativity and mm-hmm. do something creative with these words. Uh, you know, I don't know, finger paint them or <laughs> do do something. <laughs> you, you know, form each word out of clay or no, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, the simplest way would be to just put them on a like write them out or print them out on a piece of paper and stick them to the wall and just sit with them and be with them over a period of time. Mm-hmm. That refinement that I mentioned over the years has come because for a while, one of my daily practices in the morning was to just look at my list of words and just sit with them and to just kind of mentally like just kind of tick through them. So another mm-hmm. one of my values is mastery. Um, and then I mentioned tranquility. Um, Integrity is on there somewhere. Clarity is on there. Mm-hmm. Order, which naturally, this is probably a whole different discussion, feeds right into my personal mission statement. Bringing order to care, bringing order to chaos and clarity to confusion, mm. so that owners can live their truth and thrive. Ownership is another one of my things. So they all, so you can take these words and start to piece them into kind of an, a mission statement or a motto or something like that. Oh, I like that. And the power of checking in on these things is huge. Uh, About a year ago, I was on a, I came back from vacation. I was usually really charged after vacation and I was just kind of irritated and frustrated and just not centered. (laughs) 
And I had the presence of mind to take out my list of values that next morning after we gotten back. And I realized as I went through my list, I had not honored any of them during my vacation on a consistent basis. Some of them not at all. And then using the five-minute journal exercise of what would make today great, I said, well, I'm going to try to honor some of these. I'm going to actively step right back into honoring these values in ways that I know that work for me. Mm. So the, so once you have, so, so it's like, it's the constant process of refinement, which is totally valuable, but there's also the, okay, I'm continuing to refine and sit, sit with them. There's the, also the, the checking in, which is if I were to give myself a score right now, would it be a 10? Would it be a one? Would it be a five? What would it be? And what do I want to change? Yeah. And I, I love the 10 point scoring system. Um, just with that idea of it doesn't really matter. What yes, the score without is. the it's, judgment, you you cannot. There cannot be any judgment. Yes. How do you get from four to five? What what steps do you need to take so that you can call yourself a five? You yeah, know? yeah. What would you need to do to increase your score? Yeah. All right. Well, any parting thoughts, challenges, epiphanies? This has been wonderful. This is an exercise that I, I really wanted to do. So I, I really appreciate your time. Spending the time with you to do it has made it better and has made it faster. Cool. Uh, if I were to do this by myself, it would have taken longer and I wouldn't have nearly as many words or things to think about and reconsider and re- reflect on. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And I just thought of one more thing, which is this. If you're going to go for extra credit, is take your list of five or six values and try to put them in, in order from most important to least important. And I just have to remind you, I told you my philosophy on, uh, on, uh, on learning an extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> it, no. And so, and so what this draws out too is, so if you were to put these in order of like absolute most important to least important, by the way, there's a little matrix I can send you that makes, uh, that makes it really easy to put each one against each other. And then you mm-hmm. it, a score will fall out so that you don't have to do it manually. Oh, perfect. Which I don't know how to explain very well over a podcast. But anyway, it's a little spreadsheet. That'd be great. And the thing that I would call out here is, my hunch is your wife probably shares some of these. Mm -hmm. Maybe not all of them. But in the instance that she did, which I think would be unlikely, but it's possible, I guess, you probably probably prioritize them in a different order. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe you put sense. respect just above integrity and she puts integrity above respect. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some situations where that's going to cause some conflict. I don't know what it would be, but you could play with some of the other ones. Like cre- yep. So maybe creativity versus respect or creativity versus action. All right. I think we've covered everything that I could think of. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so there you go. Well, if anyone out there wants help with their values, you know where to find me. The uh, podcast at johnpolster.com or my website, johnpolster.com or any other means of reaching me that you can think of. So thanks, Michael. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. 
Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.